Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. There are, as much as we're focused on Southwest Florida, very important, obviously, when you have a storm of this nature. Uh, I think at landfall, it's going to be behind only the Labor Day hurricane, Hurricane Andrew and Hurricane Michael in terms of intensity. Uh, I think we're going to end up seeing that. It may end up being a Category 5, but at a minimum, it's going to be a very strong Category 4 that's going to rank as one of the top five hurricanes to ever hit the Florida Peninsula. So so that damage is, is ongoing. It's very, very important. Uh, but the fact is, there's going to be damage throughout the whole state. And there's going to be damage in South Carolina and Georgia as Ian is back to being a hurricane on the Atlantic side and working its way north. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Guys, it's good to be with you. The phone number, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. Feel free. Feel free. Make Ryan do some work today. Make him answer the phones. 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. We're going to get into um, the, the overall effect of, of this hurricane and how it's going to affect people all across the country. The, the effects won't be just in Florida. These are economic effects, but in terms of life and death effects, immediate da- uh, danger uh, uh, effects, it's hard, to, it's hard to understand the level of absolute loss that has taken place. Sanibel Island, what's Sanibel Island? The, the, the bridge, the causeway. Between the mainland, mainland Florida, and Santa Island, gone. The downtowns, uh, that, that is Fort Myers, gone. I'm looking at video footage right now. Uh, nothing exists. This was as strong and as brutal, and I, and I only make the claim that in my adult life, every hurricane gets overplayed, the likes of which... It cannot be it cannot be imagined. You, 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 it, this hurricane will hit, and all human life will cease. Is usually how they describe it. Uh, this that to me, that's not what happened here. Now I'm not blaming anybody. I'm not saying anybody did anything wrong. I just noticed it didn't get played up as much. I'm certainly hoping that the politics gets played down massively. The continued politicization of this insanity, of, of, of these hurricanes, the insanity that is the politicizing. You, I, I make this up. Have you met Joe Biden? Our commitment to tackling the climate crisis, which threatens all of us, we're seeing the consequences of climate change around the world uh, very vividly, including in the United States right now. And, uh, and I know your nations feel it acutely. And for you all, it's an existential threat. That's a heck of a thing to say. When you don't have the data, if we take a look at warming trends, if we take a look at how the planet is going, we see places where ice is growing. We see places where ice is receding. We see places where temperatures are, are, are up. But the idea that it is wholly, solely, exclusively anthropogenic, to a point of sheer blame, and the only answer is stop the human race from advancing and evolving. 
That's not science. That's fetish cult. My safe word is thermometer, and you know where I like it. That's what it's being what's being said. And this is unnecessary. We're seeing the consequences of climate change around the world, including in the U.S. You have nothing to bring this kind of conversation and perception to you. Absolutely, positively nothing. Less than nothing. But you do it. You continue to do it. I shouldn't say you. I should say they. Meanwhile, people's lives are truly going to be affected. People's lives are being affected. But there is more going on than, than, than just this. Much more going on. This Russia conversation is one worthy of our attention. That the Russians decided they've got four new areas. They just annexed them. They belong to Russia now. Ain't that great? What, 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 are, you, what are you talking about? Ain't that great? How do, you, how do you just decide that you've now taken these four areas? Well, we had a vote. What do you mean you had a vote? You had a, who, who, who decided that? Did I get a vote? Did the Russian people get a vote? <laughs> Did the Russian people get a vote? <laughs> That's hilarious. Dimitri, this guy wants to know if the Russian people got a vote. <laughs> I assume that's how Russians laugh. <laughs> I'm not really sure. I'm probably going to have to hear from HR after this. No one got a vote. They just decided that Donetsk and Luhansk are now part of Russia, along with Kherson. Now, there's another area. Uh, the, the pronunciation always eludes me. Zaporizhzhia? That's actually not bad. Z-A-P-O-R-I-Z-H-Z-H-I-A. I, I, I didn't sneeze in the middle of it. That's how it's pronounced. That's not an easy one. That's how it's spelled. Uh, Zaporizhzhia. I think I've got it right. But that's not the place I want you to take a look on your map. The place I want you to take a look at is Kherson. Kherson, Kherson, depending on how you want to say it. This right here is the southern part of Ukraine, K-H-E-R-S-O-N. If you take a look at a map, I cannot describe to you how important it is to always have a map be looking at things. Donetsk and Luhansk are this eastern portion of of uh, of Ukraine. And these were the areas that Putin said at the first, we're sending troops in to keep the peace. There, there, there was no non-peace, although these areas do have a tendency to lend themselves and lean themselves to Russia because ethnically, many of them see themselves as Russians in the language and, and in culture, other things. Zaporizhzhia is actually right there to the west of Donetsk on the river. Right there on the river. And if you follow the river down, you get to Kherson. What they have decided in Russia is they have taken the entire southeast quadrant of Ukraine, including areas that abut to the Sea of Azov, and the Black Sea, further solidifying their claim to Crimea and the land bridge which leads itself to Ukraine, this land that they have now taken. 
The objective, of course, is to now take this land and make it fertile with whatever military action they want to see in the future. Even though when it comes to military action, they are what we call in the business morons. They can't do it. They don't have a military. They'll never have a, a, a military. What they will have is a willingness to throw human bodies at a problem until they pile up high enough that they could see over it. That's the Russians. That's Vladimir Putin. These treaties they signed to annex these areas and saying that he would use all available means to protect that territory of Ukraine and Western officials saying, of course, it's illegitimate, but you understand what he means by all available means to protect those territories. He now has decided that he has brought himself these warm water ports, I should say these warm water areas, this access to uh, the Black Sea from the north, cutting off massive parts of Ukraine, and he's going to utilize that, and he's going to make sure it's his by all means necessary. All means necessary means tactical nuke. It means what it means what it means. Now, do I believe that he's actually going to do it? I don't not believe. Uh, I, you give me any the reason why I wouldn't believe that he would or would not. You want me to trust what it is Vladimir Putin says? <laughs> Dimitri, Dimitri, this guy on the radio says you should believe what, what Vladimir Putin says. <laughs> Again, I assume that's how the Russians laugh. I'm not really sure. However they do it, it is done with a fur hat. Bottle of vodka in hand. That's right. I stereotyped. Come at me. Next thing I know, the Russians are a protected class, and now I'm screwed. This is an unbelievable control move. And there is great question as to how things will be responded to. We're going to respond with... Sanctions? Is this our answer? The United States is going to respond with sanctions. Well, they might. Have the sanctions worked against Russia thus far? Sanctions against Russia were supposed to cripple the nation, keep them from being able to sell oil. You know what they did? Sold it to China and sold it to India. Oh, don't get me wrong. I am not happy with India. Daddy is upset with India. In this conversation, by the way, I am daddy, in case you were curious. But India's been buying Russian oil. They're thirsty people. So this whole idea that we were going to engage in this curtailing of the Russian economy, absolutely, this is a crippled economy, but they're selling oil. The fact that that money not, might not find its way to the Russian people, all right. But they're selling oil. That hasn't stopped. Fertilizer issues, food issues, other things, sure. Those things are real. The fact that they don't actually have a military, that they simply throw bodies at it and they engage conscription. We have 25 million able-bodied uh, Russians, uh, reservists, who are ready to fight for Mother Russia. 
<laughs> Dimitri, Dimitri, this guy, this guy said uh, they're willing to fight for Mother Russia. No, no, no. Putin said they're willing to fight for Mother Russia. Oh, yes, they will fight for Mother Russia or they will face the consequences. You see how they, they turn on that one. And that's absolutely right. You don't fight for Mother Russia. You're taking two to the head. That's why these Google searches for how to break your own arm are happening all over Russia. People, they're looking for ways out. You have the United States saying, uh, hey, if you are an American in Russia, get out. And you're like, there are still Americans in Russia? Oh, yeah, people with dual citizenship. You know what the Russians are doing? They are saying, sorry, you're not a dual citizen. You're a Russian citizen. Here's your gun. This isn't a gun. This is a stick with a knife attached to it, and it's a butter knife. Get in there and fight, my fellow comrade. And that's what's happening. They have no military. One of the things that's been exposed from this is the embarrassing nature of the Russian military. They could not handle a real army at all. You could run over Russia in five days. Problem is, they've got the nukes. Which brings us back to what they're willing to do. Why they felt okay with engaging this conversation of annexation. Because what's going to happen? Are you really going to take on the fight? The United States sanctioning more than a 1,000 people and firms connected to Russia and the invasion, including the central bank governor, families of the security members uh, there in, in, in Russia. Great, wonderful, terrific, super. Now what? They still took it. How do you stop them from holding on to it? Is that our problem? Is that our job? How do the Ukrainians do it? If the Ukrainians ratchet things up as Americans, do we take a look at whether or not a tactical nuke could get used and how that would affect us? And by the way, we call it tactical. Do we believe that the Russians can do anything tactical? Look at how they fight this freaking war. I'm saying to you that there are many levels to what's going on in Ukraine. And a lot of that story is going to get blown off the front pages because of Hurricane Ian. Not trying to engage the pun, it's just how I said it. There are fires raging in Fort Myers. The Sanibel Island area doesn't exist. Never mind the flooding that has taken place throughout. Real issue. Not an excuse to take your eye off the ball. We have to be people talking about all of it. And that's what we're trying to do. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. It's Kamala Harris looking at North Korea while she's in South Korea at the DMZ through binoculars, and it gets so great. And it's so close. It's, it's 50 meters away now. That's, yeah, that's, that's right, that's it. At the that's it. It's so close. She's at the DMZ in North Korea. It's so close. <laughs> I 
I know. It, it could absolutely drive you mad. Tony Katz, what is up, Tony Katz, today? That's the name of the show. 833-GOT-TONY. Would love to talk to you. 833-468-8669. That right there is how you get to be a part of what it is we do right over here. Uh, this judge overruling the special master who was asking for specific information from President Trump, and Trump didn't want to give it, even though he's the one who wanted the special master. I got to admit, I find this story confusing. The judge is Aileen Cannon. The special master is Raymond Deary, who also happens to be a judge. The special master was put in place because information was taken by the FBI from Donald Trump's home. And Donald Trump is saying that some of it is protected by attorney-client privilege and some of it is protected by executive privilege. So therefore, they shouldn't be allowed to utilize those things in any investigation. They aren't even allowed access to them and they took it. I want a special master to go over everything and what was taken and what actually shouldn't be allowed uh, by, by them to utilize. Well, people are like, oh, this is ridiculous. But this judge, Cannon, said, yes, special master, you've got it. And I think more people were bothered by this uh, on, a, on an ideological level than on a legal level. Well, the special master said, hey, you need to tell me what exactly you think was taken. Like, here's the inventory list that the that the DOJ has, Department of Justice has. Is is this correct? Well, Trump didn't want to answer that question. He said, I shouldn't have to answer that question. Basically, I shouldn't have to answer uh, that, uh, discussion, uh, that question. It was about disputes regarding the items seized by the FBI during uh, the raid, the idea of final objections. So Deary, the special master, said to Trump and the team, no later than September 30th, which would be today, give us a declaration of affidavit that includes the list of specific property. Cannon, who is the judge who appointed Deary as special master, reviewed the order and said, quote, there shall be no separate requirements, unquote. Quote, at this stage, prior for, to the review of the seized materials, to lodge ex ante, 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 ex ante final objections to the accuracy of defendant's inventory, its description, or its contents. Uh, translation, nah. No, no, no. You can proceed. You don't need you don't need that information from Trump. I admit to you, I this is playing in a legal muck that I am lost to. Lost. I don't know why it's so weird to say, hey, is this the is this the stuff? I don't know why you wouldn't admit to whether or not that's the stuff. It seems to me that's something you'd say. But no. All right, let's see what happens next. I'll try and get answers. This is Tony Katz today. from Governor Henry McMaster of South Carolina as they prepare to take on the hit from Hurricane Ian. Now, this is already back to a Category 1. Is this going to end up being strong enough to be Category 2? We're going to, you know, we're going to see 100-mile-an-hour winds can still do damage. And, of course, what they're worried about in South Carolina is 
storm surge. And it's all, I mean, it's already uh, to an extent happening that, that they're getting it. Like we're, we're staring at video right now of, of where, where the water is coming in. And so by tonight, by 9 PM tonight, this thing is seriously, seriously inland. Like this is moving much, much faster right there where South Carolina hits North Carolina. That's where this thing is is look like looks like it is coming in. Tony Katz, good to be with you. Tony Katz today, the phone number 833 got Tony 833-468-8669. That's how you get to be a part of the show and you sh- you should be. You should be uh really right now a part of the show. Extremely important. 833-468-8669 on this conversation of 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 the storms. There was a piece at National Review by a guy by the name of Bobby Miller. I don't know Bobby Miller at all. No idea who the dude is. That's okay. But I saw somebody talking about it and and, and was was talking about the piece. I'm like, all right, let me go check this thing out. It's called The Bar for Competence Just Got 10 Feet Lower. And as I read the article seemed to me that Bobby Miller missed what was important about what was happening around us. What we see is the very idea of competence, the very idea of decency in a world that wants to be political about everything. It's a hurricane. How do we make it political? And we have seen this. You know that there are people just waiting to say, Ron DeSantis killed grandma in Fort Myers. You know it, I know it, we don't have to debate it, we don't have to question it. And this hurricane, by the way, this seems in terms of dollars devastation bigger than Andrew 1992. Bigger, whether or not this will be the biggest destruction in history, that's, of course, uh, a, a great question. There'll be people who want to take that and say, you see climate change, you see uh, evil Republicans, you see this, oh, it didn't get to this one fast enough, didn't get this one enough meds uh, fast enough. Look at Joe Biden. This this was this was freaking uh, uh, Joy Reid. Joy Reid in one of the more criminally insane commentaries I, I've ever witnessed. I were there at MSNBC. Today we focus on his executive leadership. There will be hard questions coming. And, and by the way, it's not even executive leadership. He is simply, all he has to do now is open up his arms and receive federal money. Let's just be clear. That is the executive sure. leadership. We heard Russell Honore yesterday say, you read the script. Other than that, he's got his person that's in charge of disaster recovery. will do that. As you said, this is going to become a federal issue. Those of you who have not lived in Florida don't understand. A lot of people buy their homes. They get hurricane insurance. Hurricane insurance is not flood insurance. This was not a windy storm. This was a rainy storm. This was a floody storm. You have a lot of stagnant water that is destroying property right now. People are going to have to go to FEMA. People are going to have to go to the feds for that money. And when Ron DeSantis was in Congress, and you guys were in Congress, when he was a Tea Party freshman, when New York and New Jersey faced the exact same tragedy, I mean, literally... The subways yeah. in New York were flooded. People were could have drowned in the subway. When Ron DeSantis had the opportunity to make that decision and say, well, should the people of New York and New Jersey, who were hit by a catastrophic hurricane, they weren't even used to. They're not even in Florida. They don't use hurricanes. Right. He said no. 
that shouldn't happen. He, Marco Rubio, and other Tea Party um, members, uh, Senate and House, said they shouldn't have that money. It's too expensive. And now, as you said, he's... <sighs> this is a reference to Superstorm Sandy. Now, Superstorm Sandy, I, I, I will tell you, was something else. I did not live in Jersey at the time, but this hit the areas that I used to hang out in, the, 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 very near where, where I grew up. And I had the chance to be in New York and actually drove down. And houses completely pushed off of their foundation. Completely pushed off of their foundation. It was crazy the amount of damage that took place. In everything, whether it was Superstorm Sandy or Hurricane Ian or aid to Ukraine, there's always a question about how much money are we spending. But I was there for the Tea Party. I hosted the first Tea Party in California. I'm one of those, there is a list somewhere, I have no idea to the extent that it's legitimate, but people love this list uh, of, of those original Tea Party uh, founders. Somewhere I'm on a list, not just a government list, but a list of, of, those, of those people. I'm not ashamed of this. Bringing out a rallying cry of we need to lessen government and certainly dependency on government, I, 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 I do that today. I'm still in that conversation. What I could explain is that the Tea Party never got to its goal. To the extent that the Tea Party failed, the Tea Party failed in trying to reduce spending. To the extent that the Tea Party was able to create in others the opportunity to build their opportunities to to realize that they could um, move forward with, with, with conversations, to realize they could organize people, um, that's, that's nice to see. But in terms of the reduction of spending, yeah, yeah, didn't get it done. Did not get it done. By the way, four years of Trump also didn't get it done. There's more spending than ever. And then there's Biden. More, 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 more spending than ever. The spending is still the problem, and the spending didn't come down. That conversation about spending on these things happens often. But what an interesting one-two punch from Joy Reid. First, well, the feds are going to take care of everything so the governor doesn't have to do anything. You see, none of it is the responsibility of Ron DeSantis, unless, of course, things don't go well, to which it's the case it's the responsibility of Ron DeSantis. What an unbelievable way to... Position the argument. But my God, the amount of spin one would have to do to bring in a Tea Party conversation to this. I mean, that's something else. That is something else. The, politiciz the politicizing of this, of this hurricane. Back to this article from National Review where Bobby Miller's point is that here is uh, DeSantis, who's getting hailed for uh, his response being a professional and presidential, unlike President Trump and his uh, response to the initial outbreak of COVID. 
I must tell you that clearly I'm not paying enough attention, even though you guys pay me to pay attention, because I haven't heard that anywhere. People have been saying that DeSantis appears to be on top of this. I have not heard anybody say, well, compared to Trump, he's on top of it. I have a... The, the 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 Trump obsession. This is this is borderline sexual freak show. My safe word is Mike Pence. This is crazy. By the way, great safe word, Mike Pence. Oh, that's good. And possibly the former vice president is listening. Uh, call me. Uh, we should be having cigars. But that's a good safe word, sir. You can't can't deny it. Can't deny it. It's either that or Marlon Bundo. Your choice. Your choice, sir. What an interesting article to, to, to write and put out into the world. It continues that the truth is DeSantis isn't doing anything heroic. DeSantis isn't doing anything except the normal stuff. So to that extent, he's agreeing with Joy Reid. Just doing the, 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 the basics, exactly what you would do, what you would expect. Why would anybody consider this somehow special? This is a conversation of how far we've fallen, which is what makes it special. When we learned that President Biden had not spoken to Governor DeSantis, the day, uh, the, the, the night before really the hurricane hit, or actually the day the hurricane hit, we, we found out that news, I believe it was. A lot of people across the country said, what? In a world where it is very, very difficult to be shocked, a lot of people said, I'm sorry, they haven't talked? You go back to Superstorm Sandy and you go back to the hug. Do you remember the hug between uh, Christy and and Obama, Chris Christie, the former the former uh, governor of New Jersey, that hug, February fourth, twenty sixteen, because Obama came in to see the damage, and uh, Chris Christie met him at the airport, gave him a hug. This freaked people out. Now I will say to you. I think it was a bad move from Chris Christie because it's not a hugs is 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 way too familiar and familial. It's a handshake. Good to see you, Mr. President. Let me show you what's going on. That's how you handle it. The hug was, I believe, awkward. Not the worst thing in the world, but awkward. And people say, well, that damaged his his presidential run. No, 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 no. Not running in 2012 damaged his presidential run. If Chris Christie had run for president in 2012, he would be president for eight years. We would be talking about President Christie. He could have beat Barack Obama in 2012. Remember, Chris Christie was Donald Trump before Donald Trump decided to be a presidential candidate. Not even debate. But Chris Christie and Barack Obama taking a look at a massive storm. And trying to figure out where the help is, what's going on, doing the things. Is it a little bit of theater? Sure. Let's argue it's a little bit of theater. Hell, let's argue that it is a crap ton of theater. It is also the theater that people want to see. It is the theater that actually is seen as helpful. 
So when you tell us that Joe Biden at the time had not spoken to the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, people go, what the hell? Which is the right natural reaction because when people's lives are on the line, one would make the assumption that everybody figures out how to be normal. It wasn't until the next day that Ron DeSantis let us know they had spoken with President Biden and that FEMA, and he had been talking about this for the last two days, those, those two days, FEMA uh, responded and authorized uh, their, their, their needs right away, and he was very appreciative. And he's like, we're going to need to expand this because of these counties. That came the days later. You talk. What Bobby Miller in this piece at National Review doesn't understand is that anything that you want to engage about this hurricane and DeSantis constantly with the press conferences, staying on top of it. Um, of course, he's got people who do the hard work out there. That is absolutely correct. Leaders do that. You really need Ron DeSantis out there filling the sandbags? I don't think that's what you need. I think you need people coordinating money and figuring out where resources need to go. Being present, being the calming voice. Do you really think Rudy Giuliani was going to stop uh, a, a, a terrorist? Do you think Rudy Giuliani was going to be putting out fires on September 11, 2001? Or was just the visual of him walking down the street saying, we need to be over here, we're going to be okay here, let's get this going here. That was enough for America to decide that's America's mayor. They might not feel that way today, but he sure as hell was on the day that it mattered. Comparing DeSantis to Trump is just a ridiculous, low-hanging fruit silliness that's meant to fill column inches and not do us any good. The truth is, the bar for competence should be raised. Of course it should be. The bar for competence matters greatly. We should want that to be a high bar. But sometimes the competence is just the decency. Where we can appreciate the decency. Where we can appreciate people who, all right, this, this is their job. Just show up and look pretty. Talk to each other. Put your differences aside. Look pretty. Make everybody feel good. That's not lowering the competence bar. That is actually giving people in, 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 in a lot of places exactly what they need. I don't think you should I don't think you should be so dismissive of it. And I think if you want to throw Trump in there, well, well now you're just whoring for page views. I'm Tony Katz. Six seasons and a movie. If you know, you know. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Uh, it turns out Community is now going to get the movie. This is going to happen. Peacock, NBC, uh, they have ordered the film. People have been looking for it. So this is based on the show, Community, which was, uh, it was good. Community's good TV. Dan Harmon is a really, really interesting cat. Joe McHale, uh, Danny Pudi, uh, Allison Brie, uh, Jillian Jacobs, Jim Rash, Ken Jeong. Uh, they are the cast, which means no Chevy Chase, which would make sense because uh, they killed off his character. No Donald Glover, who's now doing Atlanta 
and of course is known as Childish Gambino, and no Yvette Nicole Brown, which is pretty interesting. She was a she was a big part of that that cast. They're not listed as of yet, um, part of the movie's uh, cast. Uh, now, I believe that Yvette Nicole Brown actually wasn't part of that final season. But this movie is going to happen. The nostalgia for old TV and old TV. This is 2014. But it, it, you should see. I think it's on Netflix. It's good. Community is really, really well done TV. Really well done TV. So it's worth. It's going to be worth checking out. But everything is is a reboot. Are are there no new ideas? Or is it just so easy to make money on the old stuff? Meanwhile, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. You've got questions. I'm ready for them. This is Tony Katz today.